to another episode of Fangirl Chat. My name is Teresa Delgado, one of your hosts. Trisha Barr is not here with me, but in place of her, I have one of my favorite people, who's also a great big movie buff, Richard Woloski from Skywalking Through Neverland. Hey, dude. I'm one of your favorite people? You are one of my favorite people. Oh, uh, if you could see me now, I am blushing. This is why I'm coming to hang out with you this weekend. Isn't that so weird I can say Uh. that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. It'll be a whole lot of fun, especially especially hanging out at Disneyland, especially hanging out at Disneyland when Season of the Force opens. I know. I'm so excited. So kind of funny joke about Season of the Force. Me and Steve Glosson were talking about it yesterday when we recorded um, Disney Vault Talks Rebel Yell. And we started calling it seasoning of the Force and what that would taste like. And so we were like, Lena, you know, it's a little lemon peppery. With maybe some garlic. <laughs> All right, now people are Disney are going. Hey, wait a minute. There's a there's an idea here. I know, right? It can create a food. Let's jump on this. Oh, definitely. Marketing yeah. people, where are you? <laughs> um, so on this episode, we're going to be talking about the new 3D Peanuts movie. Did you see it in 3D? I did see it in 3D. I saw it at a press screening, and normally they don't give you the option of seeing it in 3D at press screenings, and for some reason this time they did, and I was so, so happy that they did because the 3D was just just phenomenal. And normally I don't – I'm not a big 3D person just because it makes me really tired because it, the 3D conversion uh, dims down the image, and that just makes me tired. Mm-hmm. But this here – was bright they they've upgraded their 3d conversion and it was it was full of depth now normally when you see a 3d movie the 3d goes in so you see a lot of depth that way that way going in inward but this was coming out at you too so you have the you have the foreground you have the background and you have the midground so it just worked on every different level and if anyone out there is wondering, they should see it in 3D, see it in 3D. I highly recommend it. Well, now I might have to go see it again because I saw it in 2D. We don't typically like 3D movies. Um, we, Me and my husband both have a kind of a bad eye. And so seeing stuff in 3D just sort of messes with our eyes and gives us a headache. So we don't typically see movies that way. But now I'm tempted because I have a very special place for peanuts. It is just one of my fandoms i don't really talk about it that much oddly enough um but there's not that much out there other than merchandise and stuffed friends and things like that you know so this is the first time we're really getting peanuts in our face again you know there's no movies now it's all the stuff we always watch out here we have knott's berry farm and they have a little camp snoopy area and whenever i see that i always ask why why are you going toward a property that isn't really prevalent except every season when we get our fix on holiday specials. But <laughs> right, I, on ABC Family. <laughs> yeah. 
other than that, you don't really see Snoopy all that often. And Sarah and I work with kids, and you, t- you say Snoopy, and they think you're talking about a rapper. Oh, is there a rapper named Snoopy? <laughs> Snoop Dogg? Oh, so okay. their their mind Sorry. goes there. They, they they don't really know who, I who didn't Snoopy even con- is. I didn't even connect that. How sad <laughs> is that? Um, so we, we have it a little bit out here because it's on all the Knott's Berry Farm marketing, but still that's the unless unless you live out here, you may not hear about Charlie Brown and the gang except for Easter, Christmas and Halloween. Wow. That makes me sad. I work at a Hallmark store, so Hallmark and Peanuts have been just a team for forever. I don't even know how long their relationship goes back, but there's always like five or six Christmas ornaments. We've got Peanuts Jim Shore collectibles. We've got the Hallmark collectibles. We always have Peanuts plush. So, and so we've got tons of it, tons and tons and tons of it. So Snoopy is one of my favorite characters of all time ever 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 and this year i actually dressed up as him for halloween and for our <laughs> ornament debut stuff it's a super easy costume if you think about it a red collar and a white jumper well white sweatpants a white hoodie and my mom sewed black ears onto it and a black spot on the back and then um i got a red ribbon and tied it around my neck and put my hair in braided pigtails with red ribbons and done then you walk around like you own the place basically there's snoopy yeah you know what it's funny you say that you work at hallmark and they're they go hand in hand because when i first heard about the peanuts movie it was really through hallmark and seeing all of the merchandise come through the stores and i the first my, my first reaction was to roll my eyes i thought oh no you're not gonna ruin another one of my childhood staples like you did with underdog and I, I just had the worst feeling that they're just not going to respect the property of the Peanuts and give it the respect that it deserves. So I was just not excited about this at all. Now, being a big Peanuts fan yourself, what did you think when you first heard that they were going to make a, a, a live-action 3D movie? Um. Well, I don't know if I ever heard that there was going to be a live action version. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean I mean a full length. Oh, full length. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Because live action might be strange. Um, <laughs> interesting, but strange. I the first time I saw even like a little trailer ish thing that they had in the theater, I didn't even know. So it caught me off guard, and it was just this real short thing where the characters are in the movie theater in seats throwing popcorn at the screen and stuff. And I was like, no way. Oh, (laughs) my God. And so I've been excited about it since I knew that it was coming. And I just couldn't wait, couldn't wait, couldn't wait. But I ended up having to wait a little bit and not see it on Friday. I saw it on Saturday because I saw it at the Alamo Draft House here, which you know about. Oh, yeah. Um, Love that place. They did a special family party event in the morning, Saturday morning, starting at 930. And that was before the theater opened to the public. And you got in. You could dress up in costumes. They had props to take pictures with. They had arts and crafts for the kids. They had giveaways. They had buttons of all the characters and posters and all kinds of stuff like that. They had a special peanuts menu. Um, for food, and so I got the grilled peanut butter and banana sandwich, 
It was really, <laughs> really good. And the, probably one of the funniest things on there that I didn't get was the Charlie Brown mac and cheese. And it had a bacon zigzag on top of the <laughs> mac and cheese. And then, of course, there was a peppermint patty milkshake. Um and some other stuff but it was just a really fun time and we went i went dressed as snoopy and then at the prop thing with snoopy's doghouse greg got to put on the um flying ace like little flying oh, the red hat. baron yeah the hat well snoopy's hat because right. he's not the red baron he's fighting the red baron right right um his hat and then his red scarf <laughs> so it, it's a cute picture it's pretty funny. Oh, oh, yeah. Too bad in this day and age, where with all these peanut allergies, they can't serve anything peanut related. Right, without you knowing about it. I actually, yeah. the grilled grilled um, peanut butter and banana. I'm actually gonna try and figure out how to make that at home because it was really <laughs> good. It came with strawberry jam for you to like dip your sandwich in. So good. You know, I like wacky tastes, but I I just can't picture what this taste. Tastes like. You've never had peanut butter and banana before? I, I never have. Wow. You should I was, try I was it. a deprived child. You should try it. <laughs> so let's talk about this movie a little bit. So you were kind of hesitant about it. Um, I was excited. What was your initial reaction at the end when you finished watching it? At the end, I thought, wow, strike one in, the, in favor of Hollywood. They did it. They pulled it off. They took something from our childhood and made it into a, a film for today and they didn't they didn't feel the need to disrespect the property they knew exactly what they were doing and we didn't see the kids running around with iPads and iPhones and texting all the time and and these and these kids they played outside yeah holy crap <laughs> you don't get a whole lot of that these days so i was so happy because i was I was on the edge of my seat going, oh, come on, come on. You, you can go the distance. Keep on going. Keep on going. You can go all the way without throwing in some kind of a, uh, a reference that does not belong in a Peanuts film. And so by the end, I was very relieved. Now, for anyone who has not seen this movie yet, stay until the very, very yes. end because there is a tag. And all throughout the movie, I kept thinking, oh, no, did they forget a scene, the most iconic Peanuts scene there is and they didn't do it but alas they did it yes they did <laughs> and I would have been very upset if they had not done this well and I'm glad that you bring that up because that actually leads into my point of what I felt like right after the movie is that they kept true to a lot of the Peanuts gags they were in there oh yeah you know it's like peppermint patty with her head on the desk behind her falling asleep before school even started and it's funny that's the line that sticks out to me is marcy's like sir sir and she goes two <laughs> three four was i close <laughs> and she's like class hasn't even started sir and it was just oh my goodness well i love the fact that the 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 Peanuts strips and the cartoon specials served as a blueprint for the film yes so that so they put it, they created a new plot where they kept it simple, which is very good. Where the red-haired girl moves into the neighborhood and and Charlie Brown falls deeply in love. However, Charlie Brown, being Charlie Brown, he's got no confidence and he's a blockhead, so he's bound to screw it up. So I I was worried that 
they were going to have a, a film that teetered on the line too much of, um, we got to be empathetic toward Charlie Brown's whole film and we, we got to uh, make sure that no one's feelings are being hurt. But no, they, they kept it toward the Charlie Brown conventions and they did exactly what they would have done back in the 60s when if they had made this into a TV special. And I was so happy to hear that. And like you were saying, all the characters, all the background characters, they all had their their characteristics like Peppermint Patty falling asleep on the on the desk and uh, being the very tomboyish type. They weren't afraid to make her too girly girly. Mm-hmm. Linus was was Linus and all the characters were their characters and they never felt a need to update them. And I was so proud of proud of them for that. And I'm so glad that they kept in even small characters like Franklin and Pigpen. <laughs> and I mean, and um, Beethoven. Yes. Well, Schroeder. Um, yeah, Schroeder, yeah. Yeah. And it was just so good in that they kept that relationship between Lucy and Schroeder. They kept the the gag between Snoopy and Lucy when Snoopy licks her. <laughs> and just all of that essence of peanuts and even down to stuff like the kite and the ice skating and all of it it was just so awesome and i really i felt it and let's talk about snoopy for a minute he stood out in this movie snoopy always stands out but there was something about him in this one i don't know if it was the type of animation but you could almost like I wanted to hug him every time I saw him because he looked <laughs> fuzzy yeah and I love that yeah you know what you're right they did give a fur texture to the animated Snoopy whereas in the TV special he was, he was always just a flat white but now now he was a a fuzzy dog yep and, and everyone always wants to hug Snoopy he had some great moments, like when Charlie Brown was trying to sneak around into his house so he wouldn't be seen, and so he starts doing it, and then Woodstock makes a noise, and he's like, shh, you know. <laughs> and then the one of the things I thought was great is they showed the appearance of Snoopy with the typewriter, <laughs> which is I, awesome. I leaned over to my friend and whispered, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> right there is where I knew, okay, they're on the right path. They're not going to try to update this this storyline, these characters. And I was so happy. <laughs> and I think the ending was great. I mean, we saw some great sides to Charlie Brown, too. We saw him go out on a limb for his sister. We saw him be truthful, which he always is. But, you know, a lot of the kids that are seeing this, they don't know that. They haven't read the comic strips like we have or they haven't seen maybe the specials. And so they don't know that... Charlie Brown always does the right thing. Even at the expense of himself, he always does the right thing. And so there's some life lessons in there for kids that I think are really good. Yeah, and that's that's not a spoiler that he does the right thing in the end because you, you know it's coming and, and you expect it to happen. However, that was the one part of the movie that kind of gave me a, a cringe. Uh, maybe not a cringe, but a, oh, they should have done something else. Because The Simpsons did that same plot device, and uh, they did it very, very well. So whenever I see what what happened, I always think about The Simpsons. And here I'm just thinking, oh, did they just do something The Simpsons has been known for with Lisa Simpson? So I I wish they had gone in a different direction. And boy, I 
I don't want to. I don't want to reveal what what happens. But he makes the right decision. But we see the right decision as made by Lisa Simpson in an episode of The Simpsons. That's interesting. See, I don't watch The Simpsons, so I wouldn't have even known. Okay, um, that's good. Yeah, that's a good side to it. Um, so there were some scenes at the end, and you mentioned that before. I I have to talk about one of them because it's one of my favorite parts of any. Peanuts anything is when Snoopy meets all of his brothers and sisters <laughs> and they have them all at the end there is a scene you can't do not want to miss that's got all of his brothers and sisters and I just like started clapping and <laughs> I was like oh my gosh this is great <laughs> now correct me if I'm wrong but is this the first time we're seeing Fifi the female Snoopy well Fifi's new um, okay I thought so so Snoopy has had a girlfriend in the past, but it was another beagle, and she had a pink bow. Um, this is a poodle. She's a poodle. Snoopy. Oh, right. Okay, gotcha. So this is a new love interest for Snoopy, not the same girl that he's been in love with before. And um, that was one of the things that I was kind of concerned about, because we've recently had some other beloved characters from our childhood have new girlfriends, Kermit the Frog. Um, and so he's got this new love interest and they did a great job. Speaking of all of that, they did a great job of working in the tale of the red Baron and the flying ace into yeah. the story with Charlie Brown. And it didn't really take away from it. It was cohesive. And I have no idea how they did that. Well, they did that really well, and it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, too, where mm-hmm. if we get the B storyline of Snoopy fighting the Red Baron. And it always seems to work out very, very well because we're very interested in the storyline. We're very interested in Snoopy and, and how he sees life. So it was great to see that they progressed that within the film here, and now they throw in another element of Fifi. Yeah. And she was she was pretty funny. She had this great moment, and this is a, really isn't spoilery, but she had this great, strong female moment where he was going to send his little Woodstock friends to help her fix her plane, and she's like, I just did it myself. <laughs> you know what? I, I actually did think of you and uh, Trisha in that moment. It's like, <laughs> all right, there you go. There you are. There's our <laughs> moment. Um, Do you know who voiced her? Who voiced Fifi? I stayed through the credits, but I I don't remember. I was Kristen Chenoweth. That's it. Yeah, I was looking <laughs> for for voice actors that I would know for this, and it was funny because as I watched the credits and I watched it roll through, I'm like, man, I don't really know who most of these people are, um, which made me slightly sad because I really wanted to see somebody that I knew. But Bill Melendez has played Snoopy for forever, so that one I did recognize. Um, But I don't know if the people that played the other characters have been playing them, because I don't think so. I think they're fairly new, and I think most of them are kids. Um, Yeah, they they all sounded like real kids. mm -hmm. And as much as I wanted to see some Steve Blooms and some Ashley Ecksteins and James Arnold Taylor up there, I'm glad they went with kids for this. And I think I'm pretty positive they they did go with an all-kid cast. Well, I'm looking at the IMDb right now, and so Noah Schnapp plays Charlie Brown. And 
now that I look at him and look at his IMDb, he was actually in Bridge of Spies as one of Tom <laughs> Hanks's kids. So that makes sense. Oh, okay. So that's kind of interesting. So he's been on screen, um, like live. And action. he did a, he did a great job. He oh, yeah. he really embodied Charlie Brown. He did a great job with that. I was surprised. See, that's one of the reasons I was trying to figure out who these kids were was because or who the voices were because I felt like we'd seen them before. They just felt so authentic. Um, so Hadley Bell Miller played Lucy and it looks like she's been in Sophia the First. Um, but she doesn't have a ton of screen credits, just Sophia the First. Um, and then she did a TV movie. So a lot of these kid voice actors are kind of unknown this could be a great way for them to get into the business of oh, doing yeah. voice acting oh these kids will definitely get more work from this because never ever did i feel like it was someone reading lines they did feel like they were kids well you'll like this one noah johnston who played schroeder um was in monsters university as young mike <laughs> right on that's pretty cool does it say um, how old he is? It, let me see. It does. Uh, you just have to go to their full bio page. Um, oh, maybe not. Nope, they're protecting the kids. Good job, IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you, when you saw this, did you hope they were going to use the old flat 2D animation style? Or were you very glad to see more of the depth style that they used? You would ask me a question like that when I do a show <laughs> where I review animated movies. <laughs> um, I tend to fluctuate. So I'm going to ask you a question really quick and just get your opinion. What would you consider frozen and tangled? 3D animation. 3D animation? Okay. Yeah. And I now, don't mean just the 3D format like you would see the movie, but they, they care, the when you see a circle, it is a circle. It's not just a flat circle so, a sphere. so it, it does it does have it has depth to it yeah like a sphere okay so what would you consider frozen to like pixar films because they don't look the same they're still they, they're both 3d animated animation yeah. right but they don't yeah. look the same they well it's it's from different companies even though well, they're both under the disney umbrella so they'll, they'll have their different uh companies different styles but they are still 3d animated okay so I would put this Peanuts movie sort of, I don't know, I think it's kind of more on the Frozen side for me, but I didn't see it in 3D. So for me, it was more on the Frozen side than it was on the Pixar side. Um, it just didn't have that same, I don't know, spherical feel for me, but I liked the animation. I, it never felt out of place. It never felt awkward how sometimes 3D animation can feel. It felt very, maybe it's not as much a Frozen as it is more of like a Wreck-It Ralph or a Big Hero 6 kind of feel. Right. And I liked I, that. I think what you're getting at is that they still have to keep it very simple, whereas Frozen will have very lush backgrounds with, with depth of field. And this, it is more of a of a flat colored look to it because they they still do want to give you that nostalgic feel to the film. So they're not going to go as in deep with shadows and lighting as you would get in a Disney or Pixar film. Mm -hmm. So I think they were they were really uh, uh, 
walking that very, very thin line because kids right now, they, they're so used to Disney and Pixar films that whenever they see a film that's animated, I think the filmmakers want to give it a little bit of that Disney touch so kids will stay in touch with it. If you give it something that's too out there, the kids will just, well, they won't know how to relate with it. Right, but one of the things they did do is there were a few scenes where Charlie Brown is thinking or remembering something and they go to yeah. the traditional Peanuts comic strip style look. That was and, awesome. And they actually kept a lot of the backgrounds that very traditional Peanuts style look. And so I think they put those together really well because I think they wanted to introduce the kids to what that what that looks like. And I hope that they come out with, you know, maybe some books or some, you know, maybe a new comic series or something for these kids to pick up. Uh, that would be great if there was a comic book series that starts that takes kind of this 3D look and kind of also pushes it towards the normal peanut style and yeah. kind of brings that back a little bit. I mean, not full because we're past that as far as technology but I don't yeah know. oh that that those callback scenes from those flashbacks from charlie brown i thought were just done beautifully because it does call back the the original animated style of the peanuts being black and white like their original strips and and that was just phenomenal and i think you're you're right you you hit on something there where their filmmakers are they're, cr they're crossing that bridge from the old style to the new style and going back and forth. So now when kids see the old style of black and white, they're going to still relate with it. They won't look at it and go, that's not peanuts. That's black and white. That's two-dimensional. That's not what I'm used to. But now the filmmakers very, very, very smartly have, have integrated the two so kids will know that Charlie Brown comes in two different styles. Right. Kudos I, to them. I think... You kind of hit it, hit the nail on the head at the beginning of this. They respected the Peanuts property oh, like time. no other. And I am so glad that they did that. And I know that Peanuts is the Schultzes and um, one of their partners bought the rights to Peanuts. They bought it back from whoever owned it before. And so this was put together by relatives of Charles Schultz um, along with some of their partners. And so... Just knowing that the Schultz has actually worked on this is just makes me feel so much better. Um, yeah. Because they did point that out. They pointed it out, I forget where, in the credits. But it was in there that it was his son and somebody else. Oh, yeah. They were they were in the development stages and the screenwriting stages. So they were there the whole time. And I'm so glad that they weren't bought out by Hollywood. But, and they stayed right there. And I, I'm sure they had vetoed a lot of lot of decisions that were trying to come through and they said no that's that's just not charlie brown mm -hmm. so one of the things i wanted to ask you about in this day and age where pretty much everything is getting bought out disney's bought star wars and has bought marvel um and that's happening with properties all over the place with bigger companies buying these properties and then doing something with them peanuts isn't one of them Peanuts is still sort of like self-contained. They're kind of like Lucasfilm was <laughs> before yeah. they got bought by Disney. Do you see with this new movie and maybe more stuff, you know, coming from Peanuts, hopefully, fingers crossed, that there could be a potential wanting to buy them? Because I hope not. 
Because I think, I really think with Peanuts specifically, that if they get bought by somebody, it's going to go, it's going to just be a disaster. Yeah, t- I, I don't think so. I think it is its own thing, and the movie did pretty well, so I don't think it needs to be bought out by anyone. And over the weekend, it made $44 million, and that's, that's very good for a film that's not Disney or Pixar. That is an, an, good. An, an animated film that is, that's not Disney or Pixar. That's good. That's good. However, being released in November, it's it's going to hurt its chances at being number one because you're gonna have Spectre, which is gonna keep it at number two, and then you're gonna have Mockingjay. You're gonna have Good Dinosaur. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's ever gonna hit that number one status. Right. Which is which is too bad. Well, here's just some interesting facts for this. Um, so animated films that opened alongside James Bond because James Bond Spectre opened this weekend too. The last time that happened, it was Wreck-It Ralph. Um, Wreck-It Ralph opened against, uh, I think it was Skyfall. And right. Wreck-It Ralph in its four-day total, like its first four days, did 51999000 Um Peanuts did 45944000 So it did a little bit less, but it still didn't do too bad considering right and it's a non-disney film and right. it's animated so that's that's those are pretty good numbers yeah it's really not bad and it, it is in the number two spot right now um behind behind specter with Mar- the martian coming in at number three so but way way down there yeah it's, it's it, number th- yeah it's immediately like what nine million dollars this last weekend the martian uh yeah something like that i was trying yeah. to find it on um now, the good thing about Charlie Brown, uh, the Peanuts, it's going to stay up top for quite a while. It may never hit number one because we have all these other films coming in, but like most films that are debut at number one or number two, weekend number three or four, they're now down to number seven or eight. But I think Peanuts is going to have some longevity. It's, it's going to go the distance. I think so, too. I think that it'll, I think it'll hang in there. Um... And then just for some other comparisons with Peanuts versus Spectre, I mean, I, I realized two totally different movies. Um, Peanuts was released in not as many theaters as Spectre was. It's off by maybe, you know, like a hundred. Like um, yeah. And then budget-wise, Spectre was a $245 million budget, whereas Peanuts was 99 Um <laughs> So I fi- I think their peanuts will profit before Spectre, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe at the same time. But if you look at the top ten list right now from this past weekend, I mean, you're looking at there's one, two, three. There's three kids movies in that top ten: Peanuts movie, Goosebumps, and Hotel Transylvania two, which I know you guys have seen, correct? Yeah, L- saw it, loved it. But those two movies are Halloween movies, mm-hmm. which means they're gonna if they're in the top ten this week, they'll be in the top thirty next week. Right, they're gonna go away. And so really, Peanuts is competing with things like Spectre, The Martian, and Bridge of Spies, and it's hanging in there, which is awesome. That means a lot of people are going to see this, and I hope that people our age are taking their kids to go and see this to educate them on Peanuts. Peanuts, and yeah. that we can kind of like bring back the peanuts. <laughs> and even though this is a kids movie, it really is an adult movie oh, because so people is. like us are like, okay, I've got to see this now. I really, really want to go and revisit my childhood. I, w- I want to see the sincere pumpkin patch. I want to see Charlie Brown's little ball Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. I want. 
I want to see the the Easter table full of popcorn and pop tarts and toast. Right. And we we and we got that very innocent comedy. Yes, we did. So to wrap up, do you have a favorite scene? Something that pops out? Oh wow, 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 wow! <laughs> the Charlie Brown merchandising scene. <laughs> that was so, pretty so great. Pretty much, Charlie Brown does the right thing. Everyone loves him, and everyone now wants to be Charlie Brown, which is something you would never, never see in the TV show. So I'm, I'm glad they, they gave Chuck a, a little bit of respect here, and that people, the other kids, did like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now everyone's wearing the yellow shirt with the black zigzag, and they all, and Sally, his sister, is selling Charlie Brown merchandise. Hilarious. That was really funny. <laughs> I think my favorite was the whole scene where Snoopy's trying to teach him how to dance, and he starts dancing to um, a Gypsy King song, and I couldn't hold it. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> so hard. Now, you said you saw it Saturday night. How Saturday morning. Ki- Saturday morning. How many kids were in the audience? Oh, it was packed. The, the theater was sold out, and it was full of kids, and I didn't get to participate in the game in the Alamo Draft House before they started the movie once we were all sitting down because I don't have a kid. And it had to be an adult and a kid. And that's when I looked over at my husband and said, see, this is why we need children, so that we get to play the games. You know, that, that's a very valid point. <laughs> so overall, yeah, it, uh-huh. overall, if you had to give it out of five stars, what would you give it? A six. A six, yeah. I'm about there too. Like a six, seven, somewhere around there. It was great. It's such a good movie, people. So yeah, good. It's, it really hits those nostalgic buttons, especially the Charlie Brown song. What's that? The Vince... <laughs> it starts not, with like not, a G. Vince Lombardi. Yeah, it's uh, something similar to that, but it's just called... Um, Sally and something. Yeah. Yeah. I call it the Snoopy song. I That's call it the Charlie Brown song. So, but we, but you, you say Snoopy song, Charlie Brown song, Peanut song. Everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Yeah, you it's leave called, the oh, it's called Linus and Lucy. I'm sorry, that's what it's called. Vince Guaraldi. Guaraldi. Yeah. <laughs> right. <Weird name laughs> well, when you leave the theater, you just have that song just going through your head, and, mm-hmm. and you leave much happier than when you got there. Absolutely. So, all right. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, what's coming up for you guys? We are going to be releasing our 100th episode of Skywalking Through Neverland this week. When's, when's your show going out here? Um, whenever Trisha puts it up. So <laughs> well, okay. Week. Well, the week <laughs> of, of November the 10th, we will be releasing our 100 episodes, and I'm very, very excited. We're going to have 100 guests share 100 fan moments. And I think we may be the first podcast to ever have 100 guests on one, on one show. So who edited this one? You or Sarah? Or both of you? <laughs> Sarah is the social media guru. When the yeah. show is done, she gets it and just blasts it everywhere. I'm more of the post-production. When I get the show, I'll take it apart. I'll put it back together. I'll clean it up and format it. And then it's all Sarah. So you had the pleasure of working in all 100 of us? 
all 100 you and Trisha and and thank you very much for getting a Steve Bloom yeah you're welcome you get a special shout out at the beginning of the show <laughs> that's awesome well I can't wait um, yeah it's we're very excited and then the week after that we're gonna be covering season of the fours and we may have you on the show again that'd be awesome do y'all have any other events coming up that you want to tell anybody about on December the 30th, we're going to be doing a skywalking through Neverland meetup at the AMC Disney Downtown Disney Theater, and there is a events page on our Facebook page. So please, everyone, go there if you if you want to join us. We're now getting signups. We're trying trying to work in some better deals, but we only can only work in the better deals if we know how many people will be there. So if you want to join us, please go to our our Facebook page and look up events and and sign up. And we're gonna have just a theater full of skywalkers. Sounds and great. for those of you who don't know, we are the Star Wars Disney family-friendly uh, podcast, and we'd like to focus on the fans and the creators and, and all of the people that make the fandom community come alive. And you can find us at the, at the you can find us at the Shot Class Digital Network, Stitcher, and iTunes. Awesome. How's that for a plug? That's a good plug. It's a great <laughs> plug. And on Twitter, they are at Skywalking Pod. So yes, make sure you're following uh, them on Twitter too. And if you want to get in touch with us here at Fangirl Chat, you can just look for the at FG Going Rogue, which is our Star Wars show, but we just kind of mush this one with it on Twitter and on Instagram. And then also head on over to Facebook and look for Fangirls Going Rogue, and you'll find everything related to Fangirl Chat there. If you want to send us an email, just send it to fangirlsgoingrogue at gmail.com, and we will, you know, kind of put it off to the side as a fangirl chat email but please send us any of your thoughts all that stuff we love getting it and i guess until next time we don't really have a close for this show um i know they don't we'll, have, say, oh. we'll say good grief for this one. <laughs> okay good grief so until next time one two three good neverland grief oh. <laughs> This is not your show. Yeah, I know. I, I, I slipped into <laughs> the Neverland on Alderaan. Okay, oh, okay, start again. Okay, one, two, three. Good, Good grief. grief. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome.